Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. How important is church, really? Is it that necessary to connect with other believers? Old Testament and New Testament authors would stress that it is. In our church culture today, how do we connect with God and each other? Is there more than one way to be present in our church community? In this week's message of the week, we hear from Pastor Jen Tyler. She shares from Ecclesiastes 4 and reminds us that together is better than apart. Unified is better than divided. What does it look like to prioritize our presence in the body of Christ? Here is the First Church Message of the Week. to see familiar faces doing the things of our church. Uh, I love the way that we've thrown this video together with all from clips, I think from within the last year even, about ways that we are already living into our theme throughout this series of how we are moving from just being members of the church into living as disciples of the church, being the hands and the feet of Jesus in the world. Uh, as you may realize, over the last couple of months, we have been talking about some of the foundations of our faith and how we can live into the fullness of relationships with Jesus as together we seek to be disciples of Jesus Christ so that we might live more fully into our mission statement, which is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Now, that sounds like it's really great, right, about making disciples, but I think it's even better when we fully understand what we really mean by that, uh, which is why we're focusing in this time from moving from the foundations of reading scripture and praying and worshiping and all those important things into finding ways to dive a little deeper into our faith. And one of the ways we're doing that is by considering our membership vows in which we are asked when we become members to support our church through our prayers, which Pastor Bryce talked about last week, our presence that we're going to talk about a little more today, as well as our financial gifts, our service, and our witness. And so together, as we jump in to talk about ways that we can do that, I want to invite you to pray with me. Let's pray. Faithful and loving God, in this time that we listen for your word, we ask that you would open our ears that we may hear you more clearly. Open our eyes that we might see you more clearly and our hearts that we might love you more deeply. As you rid us from any and all distractions so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So Pastor Bob Crossman wrote a book called Committed to Christ. And in this book, he tells a story that I want to share with you about how he was visiting a church for the first time in rural Arkansas once. And as he walked up to that building for the very first time, the first thing he noticed was not maybe the grand architecture like we have here or the stained glass windows or the big cross and flame because it was a United Methodist Church. It was none of those things. The first thing he noticed was that as he approached the building from the outside, right next to the front door was a doghouse. And on the top of the doghouse, there was a nice little cross. 
Inside, as you might suspect, the doghouse did have a dog that laid on a fresh bed of straw with a nice soft towel to lay on. And as he got closer to the doghouse, the dog lazily got its way up and made its way out. This little mixed breed puppy hobbled his way over there. Hobbled, by the way, because it was a three-legged dog who was missing one. And when Pastor Bob asked about this dog who had so kindly greeted him, he was simply told that that's the church dog. And I thought, I have to admit, I thought about bringing my dog to be the church dog today. He would happily tuck in. My dog likes to hug me when I hold him, so he'd be tucked into my shoulder right here right now. Just so that, wouldn't it be nice to have a church dog, I think? Anyway, Pastor uh, Bob was told that just in case he wondered if anyone did want to bring their dog, there was a second dog house around the corner so the visitors could come as well because all were welcome in this place. Now, while I'm not actually suggesting that we or any church should have a church dog, I'm not opposed to it either, but could you imagine this? What a beautiful and powerful testimony that might be to have a church dog who, without even saying a word, managed to say to anyone who would stop by, whether you have been hurt or whether you have been beaten down and crushed, whether you are limping like me, like a three-legged dog, whatever condition you find yourself in, you are welcome here, just as you are. You are welcome here. It's good to be welcomed in community, isn't it? Most of us, I imagine, who are here today are here in part because we know we are welcome. There is nothing like that feeling of comfort and welcome when we can feel at home, surrounded by people that we know have our best interest at heart. And whether that's you today because you feel right at home here, or whether maybe that's your longing and you are here today because you wonder if this could be the right place for you, may you know that you are welcome here, just as you are with all of who you are. And you are welcome here because the truth is we are better for having your presence here today. And friends, I want you to know that I'm not just saying that, that I mean that, that we aren't just better because maybe we have a couple of extra warm bodies that we haven't connected with in a while, or maybe we're not, we're not even just better because of all the incredibly talented folks who help lead worship, whether that's through music or technology or something else today. We aren't just better because of the gifts that people put in the offering plates. All of these things are good and contribute and help us to be more fully who we are called to be. But the truth is, all of those things are secondary to the more important thing before us. That is your presence. We are better and more fully who God wants us to be because you are here with us today. And while I was living in South Africa, some of you know I lived and served as a missionary in South Africa for a couple of years. And while I was living there, I learned a word that is used throughout much of Africa to describe the importance of this, of how our presence matters. The word is Ubuntu, which literally means I am because we are. In short, it means, as Desmond Tutu described it, that our humanity is caught up and inextricably bound in 
one another's humanity. A person is a person through other persons, he says, to make it a little confusing. In other words, none of us would be who we are if not for the people around us. For if not for the people maybe that we call family, whether that's biological or chosen or otherwise, the people who raise us, who teach us, who befriend us, even the people who hurt us or break our hearts. We are who we are because of the people around us. And I am who I am, the same as you are who you are, because of who we are. And the truth is that us getting to have that influence on each other is a reminder of how much we need one another. And that is true in our lives here together today as we worship, just as it is in any other place. We need one another. And in our scripture reading that I want to share with us today, I want you to look for this theme. It talks about this a little bit as we read together from Ecclesiastes chapter 4. I'm going to begin in verse 9, which says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up the other. But woe to one who is alone and falls and does not have another to help. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though one might prevail against the other, two will withstand one. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Two are better than one, it tells us. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. It reminds me a little bit of those words of Jesus that tells us that where two or more are gathered, there Jesus will be also. There is our third person who can make that threefold cord who is not quickly broken. And all of this, of course, is really just to say how much we need each other. And one of the things that I really love about how we need one another is that we don't always know if or when we're going to need people around us, right? Some of us are here today because you can't imagine anywhere else you would ever want to be on a Sunday morning. Or maybe you're here today because somebody invited you and you didn't have a good enough reason to say no. I don't know, right? Maybe mom or grandma made you come. Or maybe it's something else altogether. Whatever brought you here, I hope you're also here so that we can hear something about our faith, whether you're new or unsure about this thing we call faith, or you accepted Jesus so long ago that you can't remember a day in your life without him. Worship is this time when we come together to encounter our living God. We encounter God when we sing songs of worship and when we pray with and for one another. When we hear the word of God read aloud, everything that we do in worship leads us down a pathway that can bring us closer to Jesus. And if we're doing it right, hopefully it's bringing us closer to one another as well. Because if our presence together in this place didn't matter, well, what would be the point of it then? We need to become closer to one another because it is then and only then that we can join together to strengthen the cords of our lives and our faith. The kind of cords that the scripture says are not quickly broken. Cords that grow stronger through our connections with and to one another. And it is through growing closer to one another and being present with one another and through worshiping with one another that we grow stronger 
and are reminded of how we need one another. Ubuntu, I am because we are. Pastor Jim Harnish wrote about worship a little bit when he said that there are times when I come to worship to affirm the faith that I hold. But there are other times when I come to worship so that the faith the church affirms can hold me. There are times when I come to sing songs of hope. But there are other times when I need the church to sing that song for me. There are times when I am present with my small group in order to encourage someone else. And there are times when I need to be present so that they can encourage me. Anybody relate to that dichotomy a little bit? However you came to worship today, whichever of these you might relate to today, we are glad that you are here. And to prove it, I want to invite you to take a risk with me a little bit. And I apologize in advance for people who hate stuff like this. I don't usually do it. But the truth is, I'm not the only one who's glad you're here today. And so to prove it, I want to invite you to take a moment and only to do this if you mean it. So promise me you won't if you don't mean it. But I want to invite you to turn to people who are maybe next to you or around you or behind you or in front of you and to take a moment to greet one another by telling them, if you mean it, that you are glad that they are here. Go on, tell them. To our friends in the balcony and the friends online, I am glad that you are here today. It's a little uncomfortable, isn't it? I saw, notice some people readily take that on, right? And I appreciate that. And some of us are like, oh, she's really doing this, right? But you know what I love about it? All of you, some of you, because it's uncomfortable, not because you're feeling filled with joy, all of you are smiling. There's a lot more joy in this room than there was 60 seconds ago. And that is the gift of community. That's actually very much the point, right? Community that's not complete merely by your presence, by the way, but that is made complete through our intentionality, that is made complete through our energy and time that is spent well together. Time that is only well spent, by the way, if we are first fully present. And by fully present, we mean more than physically present, by the way, because we all know that a person can be present without being here physically, as shown by the number of folks who worship online with us every week. And we are grateful for this community. We also know that there is absolutely a way to be physically present without being fully present, isn't there? Be honest, most of us have done this at home. This is my own confession, so don't leave me hanging and tell me that I'm the only one. But has anyone ever done this when you are talking to a friend or a spouse or a parent, maybe listening to the pastor's sermon on a Sunday morning, when you are physically here, but you totally stopped listening, right? Any of us ever done that? And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, I have no idea what they just said to me, right? Right? We all know that sometimes it can be hard to be fully present. And that's why there's a significant difference between our attendance and our presence. We could be physically in attendance without ever being present emotionally or spiritually or intellectually. 
But when we make a commitment to being present as a part of this community especially, we commit to more than showing up with good attendance. We commit to more than physically showing up, even though those are important things to commit to as well. But to be truly present as a part of a faith community is to be aware of what's happening around us, to engage in the practices before us, to do the work of readying our hearts and our minds, and yes, our spirits and even our bodies, as we seek to not just be passively present, but to be actively engaged in what we are doing and in whom we are seeking to be. It is hard to be a faithful disciple of Jesus if we are not first present with Jesus and with communities like this one, whom Christ calls his own. And it's even harder still to make disciples as our mission calls us to if we are not first practicing and living into the important practice that brings us together and makes us stronger. These are reasons why at the heart of it all, our presence and our engagement should be a priority. The priority that brings us closer in Christ and a priority that helps us to grow like that threefold cord that cannot be broken. We come together to be strengthened, to be challenged and to grow in order that we can go forth into the world to share all that we see and encounter and know with the world around us. And so as we come together, as we seek to be present here in this place and in this community, may you know that your presence here matters. That your presence of you, just as you are with all of who you are, the messy alongside the good, alongside the hard, alongside the grief, alongside the joy, all of you are welcome here, just as you are and your presence matters. Let's pray together. Faithful and loving God, we are grateful that time upon time, you are present with us. We are grateful for the ways that we can be assured that even if we tend to tune out from time to time, you are always listening. You are always fully present. You are the example before us that shows what it means to invest in community and to live with care. Help us, oh God, to lean into your invitation to be more fully present, to know that our presence in these places and relationships mattered, and to know that each and every one of us are who we are because of who you are and who you are calling us to be. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.